Welcome to the Doc G Show, a radio show cluster. Without further ado, critics have said he has the face for radio and a voice for silent films. Your host, Ben Doc G Gordon. And we are on the air. Welcome to the Doc G Show. I'm your host, Doc G. With me, as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus the Furnicus. Say what? Charette. Dr. Gordon. What's up, sir? Ooh-wee. Wednesday, man. Wednesday. We are here once again, Mike. I am excited. You know, Word. we're about to turn that cur. We're about to turn that corner of mm-hmm. the darkest day of the year, Mike. And then from here oh, on out, it's getting lighter. Yes, That's it's right. getting exciting. You know, we're, we're we're there, and I start. You know, sometimes at the end of the year, Mike, I start thinking about starting all over again. You know. Hmm. You know, like I yeah, mean, me too. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's like it's like. What what am I gonna do next year? What's gonna be? Yeah, I need something dramatic, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and I, I I get it. It's 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 a little bit impossible to just completely change my life. But sometimes I like to mm-hmm. I like to think about it. You know, like what if I did? What if I did? Mm-hmm. And I'm getting ready to drop a new direction on you, Mike. I'm think I've been thinking about something. You know. What are you thinking about? Well. I'm thinking instead of an entertainment radio show, which we have here, mm-hmm. um, I'm thinking we do a home improvement show. I like that. Yeah. Me and you, we go in. Like, you know me, Mike. I dabble now every now and then. Reno- you do? Renovation shows. Not actually okay. doing it, Mike. I don't actually know. Oh, okay. I was, uh, yeah, I was like, no, no, no. I do no <laughs> home jobs, Mike. There is nothing being fixed or renovated by me. <laughs> but I love the shows. You know? Mm-hmm. They're very yeah. satisfying. You know? They are. You see a plan come together. It's always positive. The family that's getting the house is really jazzed. There's no real negatives, you know? Nobody's getting yellow fever. Nobody's getting malaria. Everybody keeps their jobs. Everything's good, you know? Yeah. There's sometimes shenanigans on the job site, you know? Sweet. That's always good. So I, I yeah, why not, you know? Put aside me and you don't have any experience doing this. Like none whatsoever. No. Yeah. No. But, you know, like, I think, you know, everybody would want to see this. So. Nope. Let's 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 make it happen. You know, I think we need to hammer out the details of this show. So first okay. of all, Mike, you need to decide what do you want to do on the show? Are you looking to be the architect, the the crotchety contractor? Are you the guy that keeps reminding everybody like, "Ah, we don't have the budget for that. We can't do that. We got to we got to stick to the plan, you guys. Are you going to be that contractor? Are you going to be you want to be the flamboyant designer that that makes the uh, you know the homeowner's dreams a reality. What are you thinking? What do you want to do? Um, who's the guy that uh, that bust down bust down all the walls? The demo the man. Hammer. 
I want to be the yeah. I want to be the demo man. Demo that, that man. That job looks fun. That's right. Yeah, I like that. Knocking Mike. out walls. That's it. We can have be the demo guy. We can have multiple. You will be demo specialist. You mm-hmm. will just come in and tear up. I like yes. it. I like it. Yeah, uh, Mike. That's me. It's important in these shows <laughs> to have uh, one person who is the central character of the show that has no real experience in renovation, but as the show always advertise, they create a unique house that people love. That's going to be me. Mm. Say okay. what? I'm just going to make the most ridiculous, impractical, uh, impractical, not possible ideas and be like, let's do this, and we'll have a contractor. <laughs> they'll be like, none of that. We can't. No. None of that will work. And I'm like, yeah, let's try it. Come on, we'll get there. You know, that's gonna be me, Mike. I'm ex- I like that. Like, it's like pimp my ride by like renovation style. Yeah, is that like- yeah. I'll be okay. exhibit. Okay, that will be okay. me. I will. Right. I will suggest all of these things, and then we'll get the crew together, and the crew will call all of my ideas really dumb. That's what we'll do. Mm. And then you, they will <laughs> call you up, and you'll just knock. Out. That's what you'll do. What do you need me to destroy? And then sometimes, maybe sometimes they don't even have a house for you to destroy. Maybe you'll just like, Mm. you know, knock the somebody's car. Just be like, yeah, they're down. And they'll be like, why did you destroy my car? Sorry, I'm demo man. I didn't, my bad. I got a little over enthusiastic. I'm sorry. Needed a new door. Yeah, thought you needed it. But (laughs) we need along with our decision. Now that we know you're going to be demo man and -hmm. I'm going to be creative idea man. We're gonna. We need a location, Mike. We need a location where we do these renovations, like a central office. Well, a city, a city, a state. Okay, something. So a city. Okay. Um. What about like probably you know Detroit? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, activity. There is a well. There's places. there's a lot of opportunity. Of, there's a lot of opportunity. But I will say there's already shows in Detroit. You know oh, they really? already have renovation go shows. Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got them in Chicago, hmm. New York, California. They even got hmm. them in Mississippi. Like, at first, I was like, you know, Mississippi, that's our jam. We make fun of them all the time, so why not give back to them, you know? Why not hmm. give a little yeah. house reno? But they're already covered. Blame. But I was thinking, Mike, you've mentioned it multiple times on the show. It's your ideal picture of America. I think we should go with Vermont. <laughs> yeah, let's go to Vermont. Vermont, Mike. We go to Vermont. Mm. Now, I, I was thinking about it. We're going to have to film and work for this show June to September because otherwise yeah. we may die of cold. That mm-hmm. We would. I mean, we I, would die. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to real-time Google it here, listeners. I'm just going to look real quick what we got in Vermont, Burlington, Vermont. What our what our temp is, Mike? What do you think it is right now? Give me a guess. Right now, yeah. Um, hmm. I'm gonna go with thirty-five. Thirty-one, Mike. Thirty-one. Thirty-one. That is atrocious. I'm not interested Ugh. in that. Yeah, no that way. is. Can you imagine trying to work in that? My hands would freeze off. That is not. Yeah. No, thank you. I do, inside jobs only. I, I will say. I will say that would be good for filming, you know, 
little quirky thing. We show up, you know, a little show antics. It's like 55 degrees, a lovely summer morning, and we show up in parkas and snow pants like, good Lord, <laughs> how are we going to do this, you guys? I don't know. We might die and since hypothermia conditions <laughs> out here. Um, Mike, we need a name. I put the hammer down. You can't control it. Your hands are numb. It's not going to work. Uh, we need a name. We need a name, mm. and so I was thinking. I did just, I just a little bit of research, a little bit of research. I thought we should endear ourselves to the good folks of Vermont by relating to their past. Mike, mm. we'll call ourselves okay. the Green Mountain Boys Renovation Revolution. I love that. GMB Double R. Yes, yes, Mike. In case listeners didn't know, there was a Green Mountain Boys revolution back in the day. They took mm. part in the Revolutionary War, Mike. So, oh, okay. We just throw okay. in renovation there. Yeah, and now we're gonna take part in the Revolutionary War. Renovations, renovation. Yes, 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 Mike. Exactly. Now we've got everything the last thing that i think we need we need an angle a trumpet player oh, okay huh? all right need a trumpet player just <laughs> we need somebody playing music on the job just when we finish a segment he just comes in <laughs> okay nice there we go and we just cut to commercial that's it, Mike. I'm putting in, we need a trumpet player. Yeah, uh, we do. But another angle that I was thinking, a little bit different from other shows, what if we, when we renovate these houses, they're only available to former guests of the show? Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Every week, we just cold call a former guest of the show until we find one that's interested in buying a house in Vermont. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Call it hey, Cowboy Kent. You know who needs more cowboys in their lives? Vermont. You mm -hmm. need to get up to Vermont, Kent. You need to make it happen. You got money in the YouTube game. Spend it on a house in Vermont. It's well-crafted. Yes. Me and Mike, he demoed it. I made great ideas, and then we paid everybody else to do everything. All right? You need to- Is there a moat? Yes, there is a moat. There's a, There's a moat. moat around the house. There is a moat. And you can ice skate around it during you can certain keep, times of the year. You can keep it safe from when you're doing your cooking. No no mm. worry about fire spreading. You're, yeah, you've got a no moat. Louis Black. You're angry most of the time. You would be happier if you had a house in the woods in Vermont. Mm-hmm. You know? Studies. Yeah. Studies show this, yes. Yeah. I think it would be great. Everybody would, you know, the listeners of the show would carry over to our renovation show, and they'd be like, oh, my God, yeah, I remember that show. I remember when Lewis was on there. That was a great Thanksgiving special. I'm so happy <laughs> Now that he has a fantastic Vermont home, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we'd give him a discount. We'd give him like, I don't know, 2%, three, you know, wait, what? Yeah. we got to get Something profits. Like we got to keep, you know, we got to keep the door. We don't want him to get angry. You know? Yeah. We, well, we got to keep the doors open. 
I mean, for us, there's got to be some kind of profit there, Mike. You know, I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. For sure. We can't let GMB double R down. You know, that's not going to be what we do. Nope. Mike, uh, so in our two weeks off of the show, I'm going to be working on this. Um, Okay. Going to be working on this. Going to be working on several other things, but mainly renovation show. Okay. Mainly that's to come, Mike. So get ready. You're gonna to want to learn how to demo over the holiday break, right? I'll get some. I'll look at some uh, online certificates. Just, just some license. Just go around Las Vegas, uh, breaking. You know. Okay. Yeah. Just sledgehammer. You know, and when get some reps in. When, yeah, yeah. When the police ask, just hey, I've got a show. It's pretty important. All mm-hmm. right. I'm working on it. It'll work out great. In the meantime, Mike, you want to fire this show up? Let's fire up this show, Doc G. All three engines up and burning. Two, one, zero, and liftoff. Mike, we have a fantastic guest. We have Thomas Armstrong from the fantastic band Demob Happy Sweet. on the show, Mike. Uh, my goodness, another one. We were talking about it with one of our uh, guests just the other week. But another group, these guys, like, just thousands of miles. I don't know how, mm. like, after, like, a week, I would have been like, I give up. I, I live here now. I'm not moving anymore. Like, they went, they started in Mexico City. Then they went across the country. They went to Florida they went back to the West Coast, then to the Northwest, then to the Midwest, then to Canada, then back into the U.S. And this is all in a span of a month, man. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot of traveling. Yeah. Way too much Yeesh. for me, Mike. Way yeah. too much. Too much. I would not be able to handle it. But can't wait to talk to Thomas. Fantastic guy. He is the drummer for Demob Happy. We're going to be talking to him a little later, but first, Mike, we need to start where we start. Birthday suit. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, sadly, Mike, mm. I don't have your... Uh, oh, come on. Don't okay. worry. Okay. Don't worry. We will look it up. Um, now, I think, uh, posit- positively, I think you get at least two. Okay. This week, you might be able to get three, but this first one, I'm pretty confident on. All right, pretty confident on. Uh, here's the short clue: Born on December 13th, 1967, in Terrell, Texas, he started out as a comedian, but is now known for some huge movie roles like Ray Charles and Django Unchained. Jamie Fox. Jamie Foxx is correct. Yes. Nice, Mike. Turning, what is that, 50, 54. 50, well, yeah, 54, 54. There we go. My goodness. He looks good. No, no, no. Yeah, he does. No, no, no. I'm sorry. 56, Mike. 56. 56. It's crazy. He doesn't, he hasn't changed. Like, he just looks the same. Mm -hmm. He just has not aged. He did have that health scare back there. Yeah, he did. Just, he did uh, have you know? a, a little health scare. But but he still looks good. Yeah, he's know? like freaking jacked. Did you see him yeah. in uh, Comedians in Cars? Oh, yeah. Ah, great yeah, episode. Just, yeah, man. 
you know, he didn't start. He didn't start doing co- comedy until uh, 1989, until he was 22, hmm. and he did it on a dare, like a lot of people did. His girlfriend told him to go up do stand up at a open mic, and he was like, Psh, "You know, I will," and he did. And uh, you know, he seems like a guy that's confident like that. Yeah, he I does. have I have zero confidence to do yeah, no that. Way. Somebody be like, "I dare you to do that," and I'd be like. I, I dare I bet you I won't this won't happen right now like how much you want to bet yeah this so won't happen won't. right now you know yeah yeah but I mean you know not too surprising too he was just a all-star at everything he was a great singer growing up he was great academically he was fantastic on the basketball and the football team he was just an all-star at everything uh and then only it's crazy. Only two years after doing that dare of a stand-up, he was on Living Color. In Living Color. Two years. Two years, man. Absolutely bananas. Did I say where he started? In in Dallas. And he started in Dallas. Yeah. In two years, yeah. man. That's yeah. wild. It's crazy. Crazy, yeah. man. Uh, happy birthday to Jamie Foxx. Super talented fella. Super mm-hmm. uh, singer. Athlete. Now is gambling commercials that they show all the time oh, yeah, for I, I forget night. which yeah MGM whole, I think yeah I think so yeah. I think so uh, Mike are you ready to rip some headlines let's rip some headlines Doc G it's now time for rip from the headlines okay Mike uh, first off very exciting news uh, it's a news story about the company Loyal which Loyal is a canine pharmaceutical company. So making a little dog drugs there, Mike. Okay. They have announced that they expect their drug right now labeled as an investigational new drug, L0Y-001, to be approved by the FDA. Mike, this is extremely exciting because the company claims that their drug helps any dog over 40 pounds live longer. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Helps helps them live longer by helping slow down age-related processes. Okay. Yeah. So what do you think, like five years, I guess? Like 10 years? I don't know, Mike, but in other news... 100 (laughs) years? In other news, Mike, I'm very excited to start taking dog medicine. This mm. is going to be fantastic. Yeah, get that beef beef flavor. I get. I sort of wondered when I looked at this, Mike. I was like, "So we can do it for dogs, but not humans?" <laughs> like, I mean, really? Like, it seems seems like if it works for that mammal, wouldn't it work for us? You know, I don't know, but apparently, be careful, Doc G. It sounds like the plot of a new uh, Teen Wolf. <laughs> I'll, I'll take it, and then all of a sudden, the next day, I've just got a football-sized tumor growing out of my neck, and I'm like, no, oh, oh, d- that was a bad decision. Oh, bad. Hey, I'm going to live forever with this tumor. If it were Teen Wolf, I'd be fine with being a hairy dude yeah. that could junk. That's fine. I'll do That's that. True. Yeah, if he I did t- have some. If I turned this. into, yeah, into like a dog man, I'd be okay with that, I think. You know? I'd be all right. I guess what I'm going down too too far down this hypothetical. Uh, Mike, little news from down the road there in Ocala, Ocala, Florida. Oh, Ocala. Yeah, a 11 uh, year old boy was arrested 
I'll say again, arrested for making a false report about an active shooter at his school. Word. So uh, the 11-year-old did this reportedly because, quote, he wanted to go home early. Mm. Come on, buddy. Make, makes sense for 11-year-old, like right? <laughs> uh, sheriff Billy Woods, which is a perfect sheriff's name for Ocala, uh, said in a statement, quote, For what? A prank? Because you wanted to go home? I will not tolerate my young citizens being fearful of going to school because you wanted to be a jokester in hopes of going home. Mm -hmm. The sheriff said, Mike, that under the law, a person who makes a false report has to pay restitution for the cost of the law law enforcement response. Ooh, that's why they get you. So true. Now, he said, quote, which in this case will equal hundreds upon hundreds of man hours. This young man is going to need to mow a lot of lawns to pay (laughs) that bill, he said. He said that. He said that. Wow, that's hilarious. He said that. Now, Mike, first of all, I would definitely argue hundreds upon hundreds of man hours. Hmm. You probably sent 15 people to that school and they were there for 45 minutes. It's probably like 20 man hours max, mm. not hundreds on hundreds. Where are they, where are they coming from? California to investigate this <laughs> shooting? Like, get out of here, man. Second of all, he's 11. That's a fact. He's not a young man. If he was 15, that'd be different. There's a lot of growing up between 11 and 15. Yeah. There's all kinds of things. But 11? No. Has there ever been a time that someone has said, wow, that 11-year-old really thought that out? No, that's never happened. I don't think so. Wow, that 11-year-old really understood the implications of his actions. No, that's (laughs) never happened. Wow, that 11-year-old's foresight and trepidation towards hijinks is staggering. No, they're 11. Mm. They do dumb constantly. You could double that age, Mike. I still do dumb 22. Yeah, oh, 22. Come on, 11? They don't know. They don't know anything. Just give them a real stern talking to and take away their phone. Come on, that's ridiculous. Ridiculous, Mike. Take away their phone. Mike, uh, (laughs) interesting story out of England. It's one of those stories I feel like people love throwing around and being like, "No, no, dude, it's true. Have you heard that? You've, you, yeah, you got to watch out for that." This is a story about a squatter, Mike. Oh, yeah, yeah, Keith Best. Keith Best—that's his real name. He's a construction worker, and basically, one day coming home from his job, he saw a townhouse in London. I'm guessing not one day; it was multiple days in a row. He was coming <laughs> he home from it. his job, and yeah. he saw a townhouse that was uh, nobody was living in. Hmm. And he was like, "You know what? I'm going to start living in that thing. I got to live there." Now, the uh, the townhouse had been owned by Doris Curtis. But Doris Curtis died in the 80s. 
and she had no will, Mike. So mm. she technically, after she died, it belonged to no one, right? And so, mm. so, so Keith just hopped in there, and Keith was living there for a long time, and he actually renovated the property. He like had been living there. He's like, you know what? It spruced this up. He didn't call me and you, which is offensive. Mm. But then again, yeah. we hadn't made our show by then. Start, so, yeah, we haven't started. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's understandable. Now, if he wants to do anything further, we're available. Let us know. Uh, we'll fly over. Yeah. Mike will demo the the, the <laughs> townhouse. Um, but he filed, Mike, for application for adverse possession, uh, whatever that means, in order to legally obtain the property. Mm. And the chief land registrar initially denied the application following a law that criminalized squatting. But the ruling was overturned by the high courts, and a judge ruled in the favor of Keith, and it was founded on an error of the law. So, Keith literally owned the property. Jeez. By wow. squatting. That's amazing. Squatting. Yeah, squatting for Inspiration 10 years. Inspiration to us all who can't afford houses. Yes. And then, Thank you, Keith. <laughs> just about a year ago, he sold the property, Mike. He sold it. Now, what I like, Mike, is the title to this article that I read. Quote, squatter who won battle over dead woman's home sells it for huge profit. <laughs> Mike, as I told you the story, considering he paid zero dollars for it, I'd imagine anything would be a huge profit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. It could be a thousand dollars and he'd be like, woohoo! <laughs> Man, like a thousand percent. He's got a really low investment there. I'm just saying, but that goes to show you, Mike. Uh, especially, I don't know about our squatter rules here in America, but apparently in England, you find that person that forgot to put something in their will and still that house. Squat yeah. the sh that thing, man. <laughs> Do it. Uh. Doc G, you know, have you ever seen these videos, these people who like let somebody stay at their house or like an Airbnb person and they don't leave and then they don't like have to like the, 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 there's like laws and rules. The yeah. cops can't do anything. Yeah. Oh, that looks terrifying. There you go. That'd be terrible. Sorry. I don't know that's if it. you're not concerned. I feel like that's one of those ones that that's where some violence occurs, you know? Yep. It's where... So where somebody <laughs> gets violently assaulted. Yeah. That's, yeah. Mm, no. Mm. That'd be wild. Mike, uh, we we talked about this on the show uh, already. You're one of these people included in this next story. Uh, well, not the specifics of this story, but we've talked about Grand Theft Auto 6. Yes. People are really fired up, Mike, including yourself. Yes, I am. But there are some fans out there getting concerned. It's taking too long to come out. So long that they may actually die before it comes out. <laughs> oh, no. There's a Reddit thread, Mike, that has popped up with people lamenting that they are concerned they will not get that sweet gaming experience before they die. And some mm. of them actually seem serious, too. Uh. But you got to be honest, Mike. If you're going to die, 
why do you really care about Grand Trism <laughs> Grand Theft Auto? <laughs> like, really? That's the biggest thing? Like, oh no. I really wanted to go around the fake villages and have sex with some old people. <laughs> and now I'm not gonna be able to do it? Oh, the worst. Like I don't know. It seems like pretty low on my list of things. I don't know. In their defense, Doc G, I mean, come on. Grand Theft Auto. The sixth one? We've been waiting 10 years for this. How long? How many years? It's been 10 years? It's really many. been that? I didn't it's even check. It's been too many. It's been, yeah, I think 2011. Holy 20, crap. Yeah, I didn't realize it had been that long. Sure, yeah. Grand Theft Auto yeah. 5 release date. Yeah, Google it. It's been a long time. I would be concerned. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm, I'm going to guess 2012. I'm going to guess 2012. It is 2013. Yeah, 10 years. Ah. October 1st. 2013. Ah, so we just hit the 10th anniversary just yeah, uh, two did. months ago. All right. All right. Well, Mike, I, I have full faith that you will live to see the release. Full I faith. I do too. I do too. Mike, uh, disturbing story out of the car industry. Car companies have been rapidly increasing the use of subscriptions, Mike. Blam subscriptions after you buy the car charging you for unnecessary shit. yeah so stupid toyota mike charges eight dollars a month for the remote start option what come on what bmw charges twenty dollars a month for enhanced cruise control Ford charges $75 a month for assisted cruise control. Assisted. It's, yeah. that, it, it is assisted. Yeah, exactly. GM is expecting so much from their subscriptions, they're planning on making $25 billion a year by 2030 from subscriptions. Wow. $25 billion. That's more than That's Netflix terrible. makes right now on their subscriptions, uh. Mike. That's that effing ridiculous. Yeah, it is. In fact, in a recent survey performed by global consulting firm Alex Partners, Alix, Alix Partners, I don't know, A L I X, I don't know what that is. Mm. Alex, yeah, I don't Alix. Alix. Anyways, <laughs> apparently in the in the uh, survey they did, sixty percent of consumers said they are willing to consider subscribing for enhanced safety and convenience features as long as they don't feel like they are being charged for something they already paid for. Uh. <laughs> Who the f answered the survey, Mike? You did pay for it. You paid for the car. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, hey, you paid for the car, but it does fall apart and you might die. But yeah. no if airbags. you pay for the... <laughs> you pay for the subscription we'll let you live like no six dollars you get you get your airbags you're like yeah. the car's flipping you're like i should have paid for uh, that was bad <laughs> yeah like then after a month that you don't pay it they're like no we got to take back the airbags sorry we're gonna sorry missed a payment <laughs> or 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 as it is now they just don't like the you know it's a uh, it's a computer service so the wireless just shuts it off so when you wreck, they just don't deploy. And they'll be like, why did the airbags deploy? They didn't pay their subscription. Yeah, I, missed yeah. I missed it. I missed it. 
<laughs> oh, they deserve it then. Yeah, I'm glad they died. Uh, yeah. It's like, it's ridiculous, Mike. It's oh, just, I, I don't... You know, the Tesla, aren't, isn't Tesla, they're charging you to uh, drive over 100? You yeah. You have to pay a subscription. Yeah. So that's all right, right? Well, I mean, I, like you know, you don't need people driving like morons, but like, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I just... Uh, all these, all these subscriptions, Mike. I've already complained about it on the show before. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous, Mike. <laughs> I'm just paying to go fifty dollars a month. <laughs> That's exactly. <my> speed. <laughs> get a nice, get a nice cruise. I only want to go forty-five. <laughs> what is that going to cost me per month? Max forty-five. Uh, Regardless, Mike, we need to take a break. We are going to be right back, but first. We're going to hear from our guest. This is the one and only DeMob Happy right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. Mike, what do the listeners need to do? Well, Doc G, if the listeners feel like the show is a positive way to waste their time, they should please subscribe on Apple or Spotify or SoundCloud or wherever they get their podcasts. It is a cost-effective way to support the show. And if the listeners are feeling extra generous, they should um, leave us a five-star review. Amen. Super easy. Comment. We love comments. Mike, uh, interesting story uh, real quick about the listeners and their uh, interaction with us, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So... I, uh, you know, I, I try to keep up with the uh, with the social media feed. Try to throw things out there. So true. And you, we, we've had some really good guests on there. You know, we've had some some really amazing stories put out there. I thought mm-hmm. uh, little clips that I put out um, uh, by uh, guest. You know, almost none of those. You know, we've we talked about this feature off the air before, but on uh, Instagram now, you will get uh, followers that when they follow, it will say they followed you because of your reel, you know, or your yeah. post, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't think this whole year we've gotten one of those <laughs> because our of our great guest, which is amazing to me. So I feel like some of those uh, guest interviews, I'd be like, oh, I want to hear more great interviews like that, you know? Mm-hmm. But no, no, no listeners, uh, no no, no Instagram followers from that. However, Girl, come on. the reel that I put on about people doing butt stuff in the hospital has had multiple people <laughs> follow because of that reel. People have oh, said, no. Butt stuff? Yeah, I'll follow that in that page. That looks all right. Let's go ahead and check that out. <laughs> what? What is wrong oh, with you people? Gosh. Come on. Not that all I'm right, Doc G. Not that I'm upset. Renovation that, show or, or butt stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I've got an idea for a show. It's called <laughs> butt stuff. Oh man, don't no, don't get me wrong, listeners. If you're here for butt stuff, we appreciate it too. Okay, we do. Whatever we you're do. here for, we appreciate it. And you know yeah, who we talk really about bidets every once in a while. Oh, don't get me started, Mike. <laughs> you know, on the uh, renovation show, there will be bidets. Every toilet. That will be my over-the-top renovations. Uh, why did you put it, it in the urinal? <laughs> why did you put it in the kitchen? Because it needs a bidet. All right. You need to be Come clean on. when you're Stop when you're afraid. cooking. <laughs> oh, anyways, Mike, we need to thank the regular listeners. They know all about bidets. They've heard it they since do. the beginning. Now, yes. should I try to do it in reverse? This is going to be horrible. I'm going to try to do it in reverse, Mike. Shout out. You got this. Shout out to Boynton, Virginia, Chicago, Illinois, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Athens, Georgia, Spartansburg, South Carolina, Los Angeles, California, Asheville, North Carolina, Olive Branch, Mississippi, Thomas. I got to read. I've got all the Blame. the cities I'm trying to read right to left, Mike. It's just not natural. I just mm. can't do it. Okay. Where did I leave off? 
Tom's River, New Jersey, Katy, Texas, Peoria, Illinois, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Biloxi, Mississippi, Winfield, West Virginia, Barcelona, Spain, Richardson, Richardson, Uh Texas, Genoa, Italy, Boardman, Oregon, Dublin, Ireland, San Diego, California, Piracai, Brazil, Ashburn, Virginia, Anoka, Minnesota, Frankfurt, Germany, Gainesville, Florida, Radford, Virginia, Columbia, South Carolina, Jacksonville, Florida. My goodness, Mike. Trying to put a foothold. I got them all in the... I'm just uh, horrible. Horrible in reverse. Horrible. But thank you to all the regular listeners. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Frankfurt, Germany, those guys are regular, man. Those guys are very regular, and we appreciate any international listens. Genoa, Italy, shout out to you guys. Piracai, Brazil, shout out to you guys. Dublin, Ireland, I bet it's cold. Bet it's cold. Mike, who? Uh, Twenty dollar bet right now. What do you think's colder, Frankfurt, Germany, or uh, or Dublin, Ireland? Hmm. I'm gonna say Ireland. Okay. All right. I'm checking right now. All right. I'm checking. It's like a coastal. It's like a Ireland. Oh, you missed it by a degree. Oh, come on. Dublin, forty-four. Frankfurt 43. My mm. goodness. I don't want to be in either of those weathers. No, thank no you. No way. No way. No, no way. No, thank you. But I wouldn't mind, guys, a uh, live show summer. How about that? Summer live show. There it is. On the coast. Let's there do it. There it is. Four star semi regular. First off, Mountain View, California. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Kansas City. Kansas, shout out to you guys. Shout out to Virginia Beach, Virginia. Shout out to Toronto, Canada. Hmm. Shout out to O Town, Orlando, Florida. Shout out to Monterey, California. You know those guys. Monterey. Like. Oh, yeah. Repping yeah. the, uh, hey. the hood. There day. it is. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, Mike support. The whale watching tour. The oh, si- I love it. The semi regs. Yeah. Shout out yeah. to Oak Grove, California there. We've had those guys a couple times. Welcome back, Sacramento. Shout out to Farmington Hills, Michigan. Shout out to those guys there. Sorry, guys. Mike suggested you for renovation shows. I was like, no. <laughs> We're going Vermont. We are going Vermont. Sweet. Greensboro, North Carolina. Shout out to you guys. Cleveland, Ohio. Shout out to you. Arlington, Virginia. Shout out to you guys. Nashville, Tennessee. And lastly, New Orleans, Louisiana. There we go. There we go. Shout out to everybody, Mike. Mike, we are going to get right into the interview with Tom from DMob Happy. We'll be right back here on the Doc G Show. What's up? This Rock Montana. This Mucho Yellow. And it's Rockin' Yellow. And you're listening to Doc G Show from 803 to 904. The best show on the radio. You dig? This is 95.5 Spinnaker Radio. WSKRLPFM, UNF Jacksonville. (laughs) 
Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are very happy to be welcoming Thomas Armstrong, founding member and drummer of the fantastic band Demob Happy. Tom, how's it going? It's going great. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys, uh, you just finished a huge North American tour. Um, mm -hmm. Well, it was very huge as far as size. It was actually, I mean, you know, compact in a month. You guys, from October 14th to November 16th, uh, you got miles in. You went from Mexico yeah, City, East Coast, Texas, West Coast, Northwest. Um, we, were spiraling. we were spiraling all over your country. <laughs> we hit Canada twice and then back down and back up again. And yeah. I mean, I that that gives you I, that's got to be a, a world of difference from touring Europe as far as like time in between shows. Yeah, it, it really does actually, because just logistically, you know, this, with the size of America, there was some shows where, for instance, when we when we came to Florida, when we were in Jacksonville, we would we did a, a stretch with Bank or Death from above 1979, who were a band that we've loved since we started out. So that was super cool. And mm. um, and we really wanted to do that run, but it was kind of sandwiched in the middle of our run. So at the start of it and at the end of it, there was actually drives that were technically impossible. Um, being New York to Orlando, uh, New York one night, Orlando the next day. So we had to kind of split off into so our, um, we're normally three. We've got a fourth member for live. He just he just did the drive, took two days doing it, and then we flew ahead and rented all the gear to make that first show in Florida happen. And um, yeah, it's just it's just crazy big. So touring in England and touring in Europe, it's shorter hops for sure. You know, a few hours. And um, we're we're getting more used to it over there. But yeah, man, it's big. We drove for twelve hours in Texas, and we were still in Texas. It blew our mind. That's always, <laughs> Texas is always the, especially across country, it's always just the killer. It's like you said, it's, it's, you're in Texas for a day and you're like, yep, still Texas. <laughs> That's St that. Still Flat here. big. Just, yeah. And it, I mean, it, it's so different. You go, I mean, all the different cities of Texas, you know, if you're up in the panhandle of Texas or you're in the swampy areas around Houston, it's all just, it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, they've got got a lot we've got like we've got the woods as well we've got it all yeah. really it's ba it's it's uh, basically its own country but uh i mean yeah. you got you guys actually i mean you went through there on this tour but you also mm -hmm. went through last uh in in spring you guys went through there yeah. I, I saw you down in, in south by southwest um yeah and you did you did the uh the jam in the van performance and uh yeah that was good I, I was thinking, I've had so many artists on the show that have done Jam in the Van, and I've never really act, asked them about the performance as far as actually... <laughs> I mean, it seems very unique. How how was the Jam in the Van experience? It was great. I mean, because it was sandwiched into the whirlwind that is South by Southwest mm -hmm. anyway, mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of, you know, you you're normally on the bounce back from the night before being a bit hungover diving into the next set of shows or I think we'd just done a little another live session um, in like just a garden for Blackstar who's like an amplifier company over here in England mm -hmm. um, maybe another show after that and then 
Because I think we did about 10 or something. And then, yeah, blast across to the Jam and the Van place was parked up outside a barbecue place, dragging all the gear through the mud. Uh, and then really it was just about fitting in. That was the main, that was the main kind of hustle. It was just, they were all really helpful and really nice and they were stoked to have us. Um, but we've just got a lot of gear now and we want to put our best foot forward and we do stuff like that, of course. And so, yeah, it was just fitting in as much as we can to do our thing as best as we can. And then after that, I think we did a few run-throughs. It was it was kind of over about maybe 30 minutes or something. It was in and out. Yeah. I, I, well, I definitely think, you know, when when I see other, like, cause, I mean, you guys, like you said, three-piece touring, four-piece, I see bands go on there that are like, seven and i'm like how do you guys <laughs> yeah, and they're just oh like God. crammed in there like you know basis on top of a yeah. keyboard player like it's like yeah it might need a bigger van yeah, we have it we probably have it easy compared to some of those bigger bands yeah for sure work a little bit but uh now have you uh i mean now that you guys have toured the u.s a, a you know a good amount uh mm-hmm. do you do you have an, an affinity for any particular region is there any region that shows the mob happy more love or you have just you get more excited for one than the other i don't know you know i we, we, we definitely noticed we mentioned it last time that like your florida shows are normally popping yeah. like people just up for it which yeah. is which is always really nice would you say floridian is that a word yeah it's floridian yeah yeah oh yeah <laughs> those floridian vibes oh yeah and um, but we We've always really liked Joshua Tree. That's a place that we like. Um, every time we'd ever been over to the States, we try to visit there, even mm-hmm. though we'd never played there. Because um, we're huge fans of Queens of the Stone Age, and it's kind of a bit of a hallowed ground for us. And mm-hmm. um, so we've been visiting there, and it's every time we go there, something kind of weird or um, fortuitous or just strange happens, and we bump into someone who changes the course of things in whatever way. And so, yeah, we, we, we really like it out there. And now we play Pappy and Harriet's, which is a really cool bar there. Yeah. Um, out in the desert. Nice. A couple of times we did that on the last tour. Um, and actually got invited in to hang out at Rancho de la Luna the last time we were there. So we met yeah. their catching and they're working on their anniversary album there. It's such an amazing place. Yeah. And um, yeah, we love it out in the desert. We, we've got a lot to offer, really. We like it up in the north as well, up in kind of foresty... Washington, mm-hmm. Seattle around there, mm-hmm. super cool. It's we often talk about our various American dreams. We're like, where would we go if we moved over? Like, where would we actually want to live? Um, and it's hard. There's, we've got we've got lots of places we like going. It's hard. I can't. Uh, I, I can't stomach cold. So it would have to be a warm place. That's why. That's why yeah. I'm in Florida. Can't. Can't take. I love. I love the Northwest too. Really beautiful. Really nice. Love the forest up there. But. Uh, too rainy, too cold for me. Too much. Mm. Yeah. Not not enough sun. Well, when I got back to the uh, I got back to the north of England from the tour and it was my house was cold. I was like, oh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Another winter in uh, Newcastle. Well, uh, yeah, I mean Joshua Tree though in general too is it's a it's it's a cool place. Like you said, there. I mean, there's just there's a lot of uh, you know there, there's there's a lot of musical history there in general. You know. Eagles have a connection there, and the uh, and U two has a connection, obviously there. Yeah. And uh, you just have people seem to go there and get quite inspired and um, like make connections mm-hmm. and kind of 
it's a bit of a magic place. For sure, for sure. Well, I, I saw an um, I saw an interview you were talking about actually touring, and you're talking about mm-hmm. when you're out on the road, you try to, you know, you try to eat fairly healthy, uh, and you try yeah. to avoid right. fast food, which is hard to do in America. Uh, do you have yeah. now? I've had um, I've had a couple bands from Amer- uh, from from England uh, talk about how actually one of them they were all about Cracker Barrel when they would go <laughs> on the road. That was their 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 stop. Do you have any go to American places when you're on tour? Well, we don't necessarily avoid fast food but i i we, we call them like burger tokens mm-hmm. so if i'm going to use up a burger token i want to use it up on a good burger Makes rather sense. than kind of like something at the Waste side of the it. road that, yeah yeah exactly exactly so you know i'll hold out for in and out burger yes. or i'll hold out for like paisano sandwich if, I, if we're in philadelphia that kind of thing so there's we we love food and we love eating good food and it's one of my favorite things about touring is mm-hmm. getting to go to these places um, you know, like for instance, the sandwich shop in Portland called Fried Egg. I'm in love, and it's the best fried egg breakfast sandwich. It's like pesto and chili sauce and sausage and fried egg and nice bread. And no, I can't have it anywhere else in the world. And I kind of like that. You can get so much stuff so quick everywhere. Yeah. And I kind of like to wait two years until I go through that town, and hopefully, there's, I've got time and I can have that sandwich. So I love those independent shops like that. Um, when we're on the motorway, when we're on the highway, and that's when we're trying to avoid like your uh, your kind of sweaty heartburn hot dogs and just, uh, the stuff that just Seven Eleven hot dogs, McDonald's burgers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So our refuge, our refuge out on the road, out of the cities, is kind of Panera Bread. That's like if we need lunch and we don't want to weigh ourselves down too much, we've got a, you know a long drive and a show to play. And we know we can get a soup and a sandwich in there. Uh, although I would, I, I would be warned about their uh, lemonade charges because <laughs> they're killing people, man. You got to watch out for those they're things. Too much. So on the day we heard on the news, um, as I was telling you earlier, our our fourth man did a big old drive from New York down to Florida, um, and to stay awake, you have one of those charges. And that was the day before it all came out, and he was he was like, I was wired, man. I was like. I was not falling asleep. He was like, wait a second. Was that me? Did I die? What happened? Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Got to Florida in three hours. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no. It's, <laughs> it was pretty, pretty, uh, they, 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 they pack it with caffeine. You do have to watch out. I mean, you wouldn't think from a place, like you said, like Panera, because you go in there and you want to fall asleep, but uh, not when you have one of those. No, you know, we, we have noticed, though, since, even since our kind of, because we were, we toured a lot before COVID, mm-hmm. um, America, and then we were you know grounded over here for a couple of years. Yeah. And um, but between when we discovered Panera Bread as being a bit of a like healthy-ish option, you know, mm-hmm. still sandwich, but um, between then and now, we slipped a little bit. It's starting to get a bit more like a bit more gluttonous, a bit more like, but it's like the glazed bacon with the yeah. Canisters. They're slipping a bit. <laughs> they were like, they were like, we're not getting enough Americans. What can we do? We need to. 
Add a little bit more fat. Add a little bit more bacon. We'll get them back. Come that's on. It, that's it. Just stack it up a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll be next time we come back. It'll be like look like Arby's in there or something. <laughs> but, yeah. We've added curly fries. Come on. <laughs> uh, I want in Arby's if I could have uh, less meat because the sandwich I wanted had five different meats, and uh, they looked so so confused what? i think they said no <laughs> less did you mean to say more we can give you more meat yeah, i don't yeah. know i was I... like can i get the turkey the bacon and and the pork <laughs> like instead of, and like not the beef and the other stuff as well and they were just like no i don't i don't think we can do that i not the rattlesnake i'm good on the bear <laughs> if we could take those meats off that's fine yeah uh well, I heard, you know, you're talking about before COVID. I heard uh, on a tour there back in 2019, you had like this horrible stretch of luck. Your your car broke down. Uh, a car was impounded. You almost got yeah. struck by lightning. Um, first, did you avoid lightning this time around on the tour this year? And... Can you give us just a play-by-play -play on the lightning story? What happened of almost getting struck by lightning? So we'd had, we'd had a kind of, yeah, as you say, a really serious run of just, just one thing after the other. I mean, we lost a box of vinyls of our own albums. Somehow they disappeared and the car was impounded. It was a near, a couple of near kind of near death experiences on the road. And a guitar was lost all sorts of stuff just kept going wrong and it got to the point where we were like this is crazy and we were like well, this is a cursed tour it just keeps happening something every day and so we decided in a kind of moment of madness we were in Birmingham Alabama it was a pretty sure summer month um, and I was like I'm gonna write down everything that happened and there was about 35 items or something. I wrote it all down on a piece of paper. I was like, we're going to take this out and set it on fire. We're going to break the curse. And so we put it in like a little metal bin and we went and took it out on the roof of the venue. And it just started raining. And it was from sunny skies. It just started raining because we couldn't burn this thing. So I dragged a table outside onto the roof. and We burned the list of misfortune, which I can't, I've been trying to remember because I was like, I'm going to take a photo of it. To remember all the things that happened yeah. and matt our singer was like no because then you preserve yeah it's the there curse. yeah mm -hmm. so, so we um we burned it up and we set off that night um driving up towards i believe the blue ridge mountains up north mm -hmm. of um alabama yeah uh, yeah and um massive storm when the rain started it just kept going kept going and uh lightning lashing around and stuff and what i thought would happen we were just driving down the highway and i thought out the corner of my eye there was the biggest mm. explosion sound like a crack mm -hmm. that, that like the volume i couldn't believe and it looked like a rocket had taken off in the forest because it went from the ground up white mm. flame ripping upwards and it was a tree immediately beside our car it got struck by lightning like three meters away yeah and the tree just burst into flames and we all were like whooping <laughs> bouncing around like what just happened uh and but it missed us and that was the kind of we were like right we didn't get hit by lightning we very nearly did but it missed us so that's the that's the end of the curse and things actually were better from that point whether we whether it was us burning up that bit of paper or not 
and things started looking up. Or, or yeah, maybe maybe the curse was trying to follow you, and the lightning was uh, ameliorating the issue of the curse. You know, maybe the, yeah, yeah, expl- it was a final whip crack. Exactly, exactly. Well, uh, mm-hmm. along with the weird American tour uh, stories, I also saw on the European tour a while back, Adam got uh, strip search on the the Sweden Norway border uh when you were on tour yeah. with Frank Carter and the rattlesnakes why why did he get well, strips <laughs> well we woke up um we were on we were on the tour bus with with Frank and the band we were sharing the bus on that tour yeah and we um we left Stockholm from the night before we were still driving cuz it was a long way all, all the way up to Oslo mm-hmm. and um literally woke up with there was no dogs on board but I woke up with a dog's muzzle in my just coming through my curtain and I was like well, what is that and then you move it and there's a man with a gun full full gear and their bus is being searched and then look out the window and the bus is inside a warehouse and we've been pulled in there um, so we all get lined up all bleary eyed and tired just woken up get lined up in this warehouse come forward one by one dog sniffs you and you go oh yeah through the store please you're fine through the store. Next one through the store, and then it gets to Adam. Dog sniffs him and they say, uh, "Come this way," and took him <laughs> through a different door. <laughs> um, oh no! Smelled, dog had smelled some residual, uh, yeah, some residual funky cannabis smell on him, which actually he wasn't carrying. Yeah, um, but it from I think Copenhagen, where you can buy that legally. Yeah, Copenhagen, Copenhagen, and um. The guy had said to strip off to his underwear, but he hadn't actually realized that he said that. So when the guy was left the room, he just got fully naked and waited. And then the guy walked back in and was like, oh, you don't have to. Oh, Jesus. God, no. Put your underwear on. Oh, God. Yeah. But he doesn't talk about it much, so who knows what went on in there. But I think he's all right now. (laughs) There's still just a little PTSD, but he's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I can talk about it on the radio, though. That's fine. I've been approved. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, y- you guys have had some uh, really cool uh, moments there touring. You got to you got to tour with Jack White uh, in yeah. England. That was about five years ago. There, that was in 2018. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, and I know you know uh, Matt's talked about it before, as far as it being one of his. Uh, you know, first albums that he bought was White Stripes album. Um, sure. Like, and then you guys, you guys get to play with him there at the end of the the tour. He brings you up on stage. Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like just in general, when you get to play music with a guy that you've been listening to for like a decade and a half. And mm-hmm. he chose you for his tour, like I mean, personally, because he wanted your music on the tour. That's got to be, it be some pretty sweet like validation for the band when you hear that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the that tour that we started, we'd actually got back from America from the a tour with Bank of Nothing But Thieves in America, which was about six weeks long, mm. and we landed in England, and then the Jack White tour started the next day, so we were super jet lagged. And 
I think it was only about a week the tour, and it normally takes me at least that long to get back in feeling human. Yeah. So it was a kind of surreal experience as well, because、um, we didn't really see him a whole lot for the first leg of the tour. He was he was really he was really polite. He came and said hi and stuff, but、um, he kept himself to himself and he was quite mysterious, and he remained so to be honest.、Um, <laughs> but.、Uh, It was just incredible watching one of your heroes play every night and be able to stand at the side of the stage, and then being there was was cool enough、um, and validation enough. But yeah, on that last night, we had I think Matt was actually having dinner, and I was watching from the side of the stage with my mum and my sister,、um, and he just came and grabbed me and was like, "Let's go!" And I actually tried to get away to get Matt too. <laughs> Um, and he was like shouted, "Just someone get him!" So our guitar tech, who was nearby, ran and found him. And、um, he just threw me on the drums, put a guitar on Adam.、Um, and his his band don't know what he's going to play. Yeah, he, he makes set list every night. It's different. He'll just shout something out, and it could be anything from any of his from White Stripes, Dead Weather, from his solo stuff, from Rack and Tours. He shouts it out, and he doesn't always even do it in the same way as the album. Sometimes he jumps on the piano, and、mm-hmm. so it was like. Who knows what's about to go down? Who knows what it's going to be?、Um, and then it felt very fortuitous that it was a, it was a Dead Weather song, cut like a buffalo, that I had on vinyl since、yeah. I was I had that sync on vinyl on seven inch、um, since I was a teenager. So like as soon as I heard the little riff come in, I just like just smiled from ear to ear, you know. And I'm like, good on this. this one, guys. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I got it. Well, and then about halfway through the song, Matt bursts onto the stage and jumps on the piano and. Barry's down there having a fucking solo off with him, and nice. Yeah, it was cool, but it was wasn't. I was kind of glowing off that for weeks. But his、um, Lilo is really sweet、uh, tour manager and colleague that worked with Jack a lot, and kind of was talking to us in the hotel afterwards and just saying, you know, you guys are the next generation of rock and roll, and obviously that is an amazing validation coming from that. Jack doesn't do that a whole lot, I think. That last time we pulled someone on stage, it was Robert Plant, and it, there's not something he does every tour, you know. So it was,、um, it was really touching, really cool, and it kind of puts a lot of juice in the tank, I think, in terms of, yeah, you know, a lot of this takes quite bottomless belief anyway. Yeah, to have those boosts, I think, to being like you're on the right track, you're doing the right thing. For sure, for sure. I mean, it's really, it's really. I mean, it would have been extremely like <laughs> if. Would have brought you up and it's a song you never heard of. What? What about? <laughs> do I, I don't. Yeah, I have no、yeah. clue. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And you just have to fumble your way through it. That's the fear. But、um, a similar thing happened with Death from Above on this tour, which is super cool. They、um, on the last couple of shows of the tour, they said, asked me if I wanted to play drums on a song called Romantic Rights.、Mm-hmm. Sebastian asking me.、Uh, You know it, but I didn't want to be like, <laughs> like bite his head off. Like, yeah, I've of been battling for this for you know for years and years. But I was like, yeah, I know it, I know it. And it's cool because it gives him a chance to get off the drums. Obviously, he's the lead vocalist, and、um, so that was really cool as well. Nice, doing that nice. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I feel like it's either one or two things. It's like whenever that happens, it's like the person has heard it a million times. And it's like, yeah, I've played along with this four thousand times. Or、yeah. it's they just cover; they haven't heard it at all, and they're like, yeah, totally, I'm in on that. <laughs> yeah, and、cool. yeah. you style it out. Yeah, I was lucky. I was lucky both times. It just turns 
Turns out that there's 17 time changes in there. Starts out <laughs> in 7-8, then it's going to be to 8-15th. Uh, what is that? I've never even heard that before. Um, to be fair, at the end of Romantic Rights, there's some drum fills, because I, I haven't actually played along to it, but I just know I know how the song goes. So yeah. I knew where the changes were. It was some, like... Pretty sticky fills, but I think I, I think I got them in there, all right. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm, I'm. Yeah, they, they, they came out. They came out psyched. So you know, it was, <laughs> it was good. It was a good show. They asked me to do it again in the last night, so it can't have been that that shocking. Return, return performance. That's that's the validation right there. <laughs> um. Well, so now the newest album you guys put out, Divine Machines, uh, came out in May. Uh, and I've, I've heard some, you know, I've heard some reviewers, I've heard some fans, uh, and they said there, there's a, this big switch in sound to divine machines mm -hmm. versus Holy Doom and Dream Soda. And, you know, I, I, I hear, I hear some changes, of course. I mean, uh, obviously there was, I, I wanted to ask how, how much did you guys actually approach it and say, we're going to do something way different or did you want to change or was it just sort of an evolution i think um you can kind of hear it bridged in the songs that came out between holy doom and mm -hmm. my machines there's like so for us it was a kind of natural progression in that way rather than like drawing a line in the sand behind our old modus operandi and saying we're going to do things differently yeah um we've just been sneaking in more slightly more synthesizers and things like that but never really in a way of like we're going to sound like you know the final countdown or something it was always like it's always with a view to what to um achieving what we've always been trying to achieve anyway which is music that we want to hear and music that you can dance to and music that you can jump around to or mosh to or you know it's got hips to it as well as stuff you can headbang that's always something that we like to do and I think it was just broadening the palette of what tools we were using mm -hmm. more than anything. Mm -hmm. um, and I think our songwriting, like generally, Matt, I know, had been the music he was creating at home that we all brought in because we like, Matt writes a whole bunch of the songs, most of them really, and melodies and lyrics, but a lot of stuff we bring in together and it could be a riff or it could be something, a jam from a sound check that mm -hmm. we bring into the room. We normally go away to a cottage in Wales and turn our phones off in the countryside and write for two weeks or a month. Um, and we all bring ideas in. And a lot of the stuff he brought in, he'd been trying out sides that hadn't been in DMOB before. Mm -hmm. More ballady things, um, sides that were more vulnerable. Um, but also all of the ideas we'd individually brought in, which we've been working on between touring in kind of 2016, 17, 18, and 19, um, all had this kind of sci-fi tint, like independently of each other. We hadn't kind of talked about doing that. Yeah. We just brought these ideas in and we were all kind of messing around with these John Carpentry, horror-y sci-fi Blade Runner synths and vibes in, our, in the songs we were writing. And so it felt very organic to follow that and nice. to lean into that. Nice. Um, but it came together in a very different way to the other albums as well, though, because in that writing session in Wales, um, luckily we decided to capture it um, 
as best as we could. Whereas previously, we just kind of we would try and capture stuff to be able to remember what we did, mm-hmm. but we wouldn't try and capture it to be usable. Yeah. And what would what would happen is you'd get this kind of demo fever of you're in the studio and there's a moment that's just glowing on a demo and you love the performance but it's not captured well mm-hmm. you try and recreate it and it's often really difficult so we were like right well we borrowed a bunch of really nice microphones from a few microphone companies here in england um and we spent a couple of days micing everything up really well so we could just hit the red button and just if we liked an idea we could just start capturing it mm-hmm. then with a view down the line to being like if there's a lick or a fill or something that we just love and want to keep it when we finally record this album we've got it there nice and then so we came out with a, bu- a kind of bunch of songs roughly done we'd, we'd work on a song for half a day say and then get down a version and move on to another one um and then so we'd been locked away doing that and we came out while we were there it was the first case of covid in the uk um and a week later after we got home it was locked down. The studios were shut. The studios were shut for two years. Yeah. So then those writing sessions ended up becoming the album, really, mm. um, in a lot of ways. Matt, who's who's been getting more involved in production anyway mm-hmm. and more passionate about it and getting more and more proficient at being able to kind of achieve what we can hear mm-hmm. on, on his own. Mm-hmm. Um, he tinkered with them over the next year and a half, two years, added more crazy synths in, was building it up and up and up. And then we ended up having this thing that was kind of like 80% there of the album. The songs had been cut from those writing sessions. And it was weird for me because all my drums had been done <laughs> right after writing the songs. So yeah. It was pretty rough here and there. Um, and then we ended up going back in in the end to the studio with this really advanced framework for the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with a friend and a great producer called Tom Dargetti who's done a bunch of Pixies albums and Ghost and Royal Blood and um, a few singles of ours as well um, went in with him and him and Matt kind of co-produced the last stretch of getting that album into what you hear now so we kept really a lot of the framework and the gold dust that went on top of those yeah. writing sessions and then underneath I re-recorded a bunch of the drums and we laid down some more solid solid foundations here and there yeah and so yeah it came together in a way different way than any of our other albums as well yeah had you had you worked with uh tom before yeah so he'd done um a song he'd done dead dreamers with us which mm-hmm. is a kind of single that doesn't have a home it's like a nomad along with less is more an auto portrait yeah uh it, we did be your man together mm-hmm. um which is on our second album um, and we were we were all set to record our second album with Tom, and then there was a whole bunch of scheduling conflicts and stuff, and we ended up working with Ian Davenport, who was who Tom kind of worked under when he was coming up. Yeah. So Tom put us together with Ian, who's such a great dude and a great producer and an amazing person to work with in the room. Yeah. And uh- then, so when it came around to, we've got this album pretty much done that Matt had produced. It was kind of eighty percent there. Um, he sent it to Tom and he said, you know, what would you do to get this over the line? And um, he said, I'd probably, like, get in and capture a few drum takes again, a few bits and bobs here and there, um, and then just kind of buff it up, really, yeah. at that point. 
Yeah. Because um, a lot of the girls that we normally do later after we've laid down the guitars and bass and drums, a lot of that was in there already. Yeah. Synths and things. So it was really cool to be able to work on that stuff in a way more kind of open way without any time constraints. Yeah. Yeah. Tom seems... We, we had uh, Joey uh, Santiago from the Pixies on. Yeah. And they, uh, he talked about, you know... Uh, how his sort of laid back approach as far as uh, mm-hmm. production and how how he really liked uh, working with him. So uh, yeah, yeah, he's great. He's very he's very kind of um, well. He's very good at his job for one, but he's also like you know we laugh a lot, we chat a lot about where the song's going. We you know he's um, just follow he follows the vibe of the band and tries to let the band breathe and be themselves, not pushing them down a certain way. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's great to work with for that. Well, you you mentioned it uh, with a couple other songs, but I've noticed you guys you guys like having a full cohesive album, a, a, a like a concept. Mm-hmm. And you released two uh, songs that didn't make it on Divine Machines: "Sweet and Sour America," mm-hmm. "Honey, You're a Dead Man." Um, yeah. How how did those two songs? What did you not see match with those? Why were those not uh, divine machine songs? I like in a weird way. Do you see them as part of that world? Um, Just like a, a second really, smaller chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a handful of stuff that we laid down in those recording sessions. Um, well. So from the writing sessions, there's a there's a quite a lot more songs. There's mm-hmm. probably you know ten more. Um, but from the final recording sessions, we also laid down a few, probably three or four more songs. Um, it's literally the, we we love the album as a format and the physical limitations of the vinyl mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. so beyond kind of forty three forty five minutes the quality starts to really reduce. You can squeeze 50 minutes on there. You can probably go past that, but you're going to have shallower grooves and it's going to skip. We were kind of, we're all about, we we print our vinyls on really heavy, really high quality vinyl. We're Mm -hmm. all about the listening experience for our fans who sit down to do it. So it was a difficult decision, but also I quite like the physical limitations in, in, in that way where, on a lot of digital platforms, and also when you're sitting on Logic or something and you've got a million synths in front of you, it's kind of almost too many choices and that can be that can be limiting in itself. So it's quite I quite like um, having to be like, right, what journey are we going to make in this 45 minutes? And they, and they were the ones that, that, although we loved them, at the time, we couldn't see as being part of the, the journey of Divine Machines in the initial version. I think what we'll probably do is do like a deluxe edition because those are those are songs from those sessions and those yeah. songs from that um, and we're not we're not short on songs. Yeah. We've got uh, we've got a lot in the can and we've got a lot more we want to make. And so we're not kind of super precious about you know putting stuff out on either side of albums either. Yeah. Right, we do love we do love the album as a format and we love the album as a unit. Yeah, for it to have a feel of vibe aesthetically and in terms of its themes and its story. Well, that that is the benefit I think of of now making music now is that you 
mm-hmm. like you can still focus on that album like you were saying and, and this is this is what we want as far as our vision for this 45 minutes of music but then mm-hmm. unlike the old days if there is a song you're like you know what we really should have released this you can just go <laughs> we're releasing it. it there you go yeah so yeah yeah makes it's it as easy as an upload which is cool as well makes it a lot better for sure well you guys have uh, you guys have had a, a really good 2023 with the release of Divine Machines. Uh, great tours. Um, I know you've got a couple of festivals scheduled for 2024. Um, what's uh, what, what's on the docket for 2024? What do you have planned that you can tell us? I think really like we so that last tour was three months long. I feel like I just got back, but I left in August. The, the, was the end of August yeah um, so we're kind of like in cryo sleep right now re- regenerating and I think it's like as soon as we are ready to kind of pick up our instruments and feel curious about what's next again nice we'll follow that then and I think um, it'll hopefully be early next year where we just through circumstance have had quite big gaps between our albums really yeah. more than we would have um the first one was 2015 next one was 2018 and obviously that was almost a five-year gap between two yeah. and three so we're really keen to kind of follow it up pretty quickly yeah. um and it's it, it's always uh you're spending plates with touring and writing you know it's it's one of those things where you want to go and live some life before and and before you can like go and write more music because you need it needs to come from somewhere you know um so hopefully a bit of that and um but yeah we've it's funny because we've got a lot of stuff like we could in theory be like we've got this massive whiteboard and we call it the jam jar and it's got all the jams on one side and all the more songy songs on the other side and when we're writing we can like grab a riff from the left and jam on it for a bit and turn it into a song so we could grab 12 songs from the jam jar and be like that's an album but also i know us and we actually will just want to craft something probably new yeah maybe borrowing things from that maybe looking at what we've got what's next and something will formulate and yeah more music i love i love the jam jar concept that's a great idea <laughs> i feel I've, I, yeah i mean just I've, stuff from like our phones or stuff from like a lot of it from sound checks the song tear down tear it down um it that came from a jam we had in the sound check that I recorded on my phone, just the main riff, the drum beat and the main riff Matt played on bass. Yeah. And then we we just like when we get get out to Wales and get out to the middle of nowhere, we pull we go drag through all our phones and drag through all our, you know, what we can remember and listen to it all and be like what's got legs. Yeah. Well I feel I feel like that's the thing, is like obviously so many artists have the you know notes and and recordings but there's no cohesive jam jar it's always just like they're (laughs) just they're out floating out in the world and it's like oh yeah there was something when did i play that yeah it was somewhere something you know so like to have the the full jam jar to go back it's like the the cupboard Mm -hmm. when you're when you're cooking oh yeah need that riff throw that in there that's gonna make it more spicy there we go and it's the ones that are like we didn't explore, but we know how potential. Then, like you know, one night you're cooking dinner and you're like, "What's that? What's that song again?" And you realize, "Ah, oh, it's 
that's mm-hmm. one of the risks. Yeah. Okay, that should have a little starter side at then because that needs revisiting because it's in my head now a year later, you know, so nice. stuff like that. Nice. Well, do you think yeah. you're going to make it to uh, America in 2024? A tour, another tour? Yeah, I'd hope so. I think, I think our visas just ran out um, for this year, but um, it definitely it definitely feels like a place where you're rewarded for coming back, you know? And it was sad for us to leave it for so long um, from our last visit. Yeah. Obviously, we got around twice this year, which is great. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll be, we'll be over there. Nice. Nice. Next. Well, Tom, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk to me uh, today. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really great to chat and great questions as well, man. Thank you. For sure. For sure. Listeners, make sure you check out all things Demob Happy at their website, demob-happy.com, or you can follow them on social media at demob underscore happy. Right now, let's take a listen to Sweet and Sour America right here on the Doc G Show.
And we are back here on the Doc G Show, Spinnaker Radio, WSKRLP 95.5 FM in Jacksonville, Florida. You just heard DeMob, Happy, and you just heard Sweet and Sour America. Fantastic. Tom. I wish I had that accent, Mike. I know. Yeah. I know it's cliche, but sounds good. It does. It really does. It's just... So much better than any American accent, you know? Yeah, it really is. Like nobody wants you know? nobody wants to have a hillbilly accent or a southern accent or a no. Boston accent or a New York accent. Like those aren't cool, but No. But no. English? Oh yeah. That's just great. That's it just is. great. So classy. Yeah, it just automatically makes you sound so much smarter. So much yeah. better. You know? I literally, you were just talking about it. A uh, comedian there had the, the whole deal where he made you think he was smarter. Drew. Drew made yeah. everybody everybody think he yeah, was... Uh, first cl- two minutes, he was British. Classic. I had, I think I might have told you this. I had a friend in, uh, in undergrad. His name was Ed, and he was from England, and he had just the coolest accent. And on top of that, he was an attractive man. And this oh. dude, and this dude would pull out a guitar at at house parties, and like it would just turn into a mob around him. It just like as soon as like he'd get an acoustic guitar and start singing something softly, and everybody just be like, ah! and like every girl in the party would just go over to Ed, and I'd be like, I'm here. here we to- go with this again. I'm I'm, I'm here too. <laughs> I'm, hey everybody! <laughs> I'm I'm here. Like, uh, it's just so upsetting, Mike. It was so he was just so uh, so classy and yeah. sexy with his English accent. You know, it's hard to compete with the uh, the guitar player at the, the party. Uh, well, and then on top of it, when they're <laughs> and with, the British, yeah, guitar player. exactly, uh, exactly. I double, mean, double what, whammy. I mean, what am I going against, Paul McCartney here? Uh, Jesus. Anyways, Mike. Yeah, they tour in the country there to mob happy. Getting getting in the Panera, yeah. Ooh, Panera, controversial uh, place right now, Doc G. With the caffeine, you got to watch out. Yeah, with that electric lemonade, what we, is it called? Yeah, we talked a little bit about it, man. That's yeah, uh, we did. You know, that's I mean, it's uh, it's one of the. I think you just got to be smart about it, you know. Honestly, you <laughs> yeah. know. But I I do I do sort of wonder like if if it's if it's killing people, <laughs> you might have a little bit too much caffeine in there. Yeah, you know, you know, but I mean, regardless, I do, lo- I do love their sandwiches, yeah. caffeine or you not. Know, <laughs> it's like not bad. It's like not bad controversy. It's like almost like oddly. Positive oh, it's good controversy. Oh like, yeah, oh, people are like that much caffeine. Let's get it. Challenge. <laughs> like yeah. Oh, it's definitely. They're excited uh, about it. They're like, unless a thousand people die, we're gonna keep doing this. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Cause I mean, like you know, you know how addicted people uh, are to caffeine. They hear that and they're like, "Oh, I need. I got a test to study for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm going yeah. to Panera." Like, <laughs> you know. But uh, uh, Mike, uh, thanks to uh, the fantastic uh, Demob Happy. If you get a chance, guys, make sure you stream their tunes. Mike, we need to move on to the fastest growing segment in the world. Mike, see top three. That is correct. Mike, you went with a classic topic here this week. Christmas yep. movies. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The yes. old holiday movies, Mike. Say what? Now, I'll, I got to be honest, and this does not surprise you in the slightest. I'm not a big uh, holiday movie guy. Uh, yeah, me neither. They don't really, uh, I don't really go out of my way. You know, I'm not one of those people that, I will say as a child, I did have to watch uh, Rudolph. I did have to mm. watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I was mm-hmm. a big fan. The the yeah. you know what whatever it's called like I don't think it was claymation whatever they made that weird no it was uh, the 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 puppets yeah they were puppets yeah that was actually my number one doc G nineteen sixty four Rudolph the Red Nose Red Nose Reindeer with the Yeti there you my go number one yeah yeah I used to be Classic. big I, that that was uh, that for me I I don't know I probably stopped watching it when I was like I don't know sixteen that's probably when Christmas stopped existing to me I don't know <laughs> yeah somewhere around when your grandma there. passes away it's oh, like oh yeah you know <laughs> nobody the, goes there anymore it's like, yeah it's oh. just sad you know <laughs> that didn't happen for another like twenty years Mike but fifteen oh, okay. years well, but you know that's good uh but yeah no I just yeah that that was if I was getting I I gotta say if I was getting in the Christmas holiday spirit that'd be the movie that'd be the movie. Yeah. But do you have any honorable mentions, Mike? I do. I have one that's really random. Nobody will know about this. Okay. I had to Google it, but it's night. It was made nineteen ninety. It's called Rockin' Reindeer Christmas. Rockin'. It's like a sing along. <laughs> yeah. Did you have a, to watch it in like in school oh or God, something? The, oh no, we had the VHS tape. Oh, there you go. That was a yeah. home classic right there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We My had the uh, used to watch that. It was uh, you know. It's so it's really cool. weird, but if I were to watch that now, I'd be like, "This is this is Christmas right here." This there is- it is, there it is, Mike. I've got a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, I do put Home Alone uh, as an honorable mm-hmm. mention. Both Home Alone, yeah, of course, for sure. Um, I Home Alone one, I like just because I want to eat his pizza when he gets it. It looks oh, delicious. Yeah. It does look I good. Wanna, I want to get in on that pizza. Home Alone two actually looks more fun. You know, mm-hmm. living out in New York, just, you know, kick by yourself. That looks like a good time. Yeah, you know, it was a good follow-up. As a kid, I was like, I want to do that, man. Yeah. Get me out to New York, you know? And then mm-hmm. uh, my family will get this, but, you know, when he started feeling sad that his family wasn't there, I was like, what's his problem? It's awesome. <laughs> you kidding me? Come on. It's great. Anyways, uh, let's see. Another honorable mention that I got, Mike. Um, I'm going to have to say... Uh, uh, yeah, I'm going to say The Holiday, Mike. The Holiday? Yeah, yeah. Jude Law, Cameron good, Diaz. Good rom- rom-com right there, man. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, It's a, it's a feel-good rom-com. Makes all, all the feels. Got some good jokes. You got uh, you got Jack Black in there being, mm-hmm. being goofy Jack Black. You got Jude Law just being... Sexy English man, mm-hmm. you know? It's yep. a solid one. It's a solid one. Uh, okay. Number three on my list, Mike. Number three. Some people might not call this a... Uh, a. No, I'm going to switch it around. I'm going to go number three, another rom-com, Just Friends. Just Friends. Ah, yeah. that is a good kind of unintentional christmas movie yeah all around the holidays yeah. there gets stuck at his uh his parents mm. house ryan reynolds one of your faves uh, there yeah you know just uh, a perfect dude 
uh, plays the perfect, I used to be a screw-up as a kid, now I'm awesome and I look good and stuff, <laughs> but I get screwed up in a whole bunch of screwed-up situations. Exactly. <laughs> and it's got, what's uh, what's her name? What is that girl's name? Amy Smart? Is that it? Did I just make that up? Yeah, it is. No, I think you're right. I think it is. Nice. Smart. Look at me pull out a name. Look yeah. at me go. Mike, what's your number, uh, what's your number uh, three? My number three, Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Mm. Yeah, this was this was around when I was like still, you know, of age yeah. to enjoy Christmas movies. Santa yeah. Claus with Tim Allen. I like it. It was a good one. I like that uh I like that that concept. Yeah, it's good. He grows the beard, can't stop growing mm-hmm. the beard, became Santa. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Amy Smart, I was right. I'm glad I got that right. Nice. Nice. She's uh how old do you think Amy Smart is? I'm going to say 49, 48. Close. Very close. 47. 47. 47. Still still looks amazing, Mike. Shout out to you, Amy yeah. Smart. Shout out to you. I, w- I, w- I would want to go out on a date with you just like Ryan Reynolds. Want to do mm-hmm. it. Regardless, Mike, my number two, this is my most Christmas movie on my Christmas list here. Elf. Yeah. Elf. Yeah, it's a good one. I think a lot of people get too excited about it, though. That's why I was hesitant to put it on my list. Like, it's a really good movie, yeah. but some people just go bananas about it. I'm like, all right, let's, uh, settle down. And take, take it down a notch. I mean, there's some good yeah. parts, there's, and, and, you know, it's a Will Ferrell movie. It's fantastic, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's why I put it up there. Number two for yeah, you, Mike. Number two for me, 1966, The Grinch Who Stole Christmas, so the, the animated the, version. The, yeah, yeah, okay. The version. Yeah, I like it. I like that it. One. That was that was a pretty yeah. big classic in uh, in elementary school. Got that one a pretty good, you know, they'd show that one a pretty, teacher's tired of looking at you turds, so she's just like, all right, Grinch, <laughs> there, go for it, you know? Like it, like it. My number yeah, one, Mike, one. not again, not so much. Not so much a, a Christmas one, but it's around Christmas. Mm-hmm. And I looked up several lists, and it was on the Christmas list, so it counts. It okay. counts. You've got mail, Mike. You've got mail. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Okay. Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan. Classic yeah. rom-com. About, Never watched it, but... About the coming it. of age of email. Yeah. Email. email. Wow. Yeah, it's a good one, man. It's a good one, Mike. You should check it out. Watch a little of You Got Mail if you haven't seen it. It's it is it's a, it's a killer. It's a killer. All right, you're number one, Mike. You can break yeah, it out I, again, even though you already said. Yeah, it. 1964, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. I like uh, it. I thought it was claymation too. I was like, I was uh, I actually wrote that, and then I looked at it, and then uh, actually like they they were puppets. They were the actually puppets. donated to like a museum. Yeah. Huh. It's, uh, so it's like puppets. So it's just like freeze frame puppets, just over and over again. Yeah, pretty much. Like I think they did the the frame by frame. That is that is animation. That had to be a huge pain in the ass. Yeah. Right. How long is that movie? I don't know. It's gonna like it's got to be regular runtime. Maybe not like an hour and a half. But I don't know. Yeah, they used. To, I mean, minutes. I know when they whenever they played it on TV, like they would commercial the <laughs> of it. You know. <laughs> yeah. And just like every five minutes, you got another. And I'm like, bring back Yukon Cornelius. I don't need to see these commercials. Jesus. Fifty-five minutes. Fifty-five minute runtime. 
Yeah, yeah. So they probably yeah. turned it into hour and a half when they had it on TV. <laughs> yeah. Probably went. Uh, yeah. So funny. Always felt bad for those misfit toys, man. Like, those things look crappy. And Lord, yeah. nobody wants any of those things. <laughs> and then Hermie yeah. the misfit elf, that guy. Trying to be a dentist. You know? Just, he needed, he needed direction in his life. Probably needed... <laughs> yeah. Probably needed to understand that he he was uh, you know he was probably not going to be the best, but it's all right. It's a, it's a, it's a great tale. It's a great it tale, is. Mike. Mm-hmm. It gets you in the Christmas spirit, and I like your list better than my yeah. list. Nicely done, Mike. We need to move on, but first, last show of the year. What's our top three? Top three terrible Christmas gifts that you've gotten. Yeah, that you've gotten. Ooh. Think about some. Maybe it was a good Christmas gift that you were like, what? I'm not going to use this because that's kind of one of mine. And then and then you end up using it for your like entire life. I feel like (laughs) I I, like if they if they suck, I just sort of forget them, you know? Yeah, right. This is going to be tough. I'm going to have to think about 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 like, yeah. Hmm. I mean, we've already done. Have we done top three uh, Christmas presents before? I think we did. I think yeah. we did something along that yeah, line. We did yeah, top we did. Three Christmas gifts. Yeah, we did. We did. Um, top top three Christmas memory. Top three Christmas memories. Okay, we could do that. Let's see, I'm trying to think if I got some really humdingers on the Christmas. Yeah, I mean, memory. I got some pretty boring ones. So they're all gonna be yeah. like. Yeah, <laughs> mine are mine are gonna be. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to dig deep. But then again. We did the. They're thanks- all tied to the best gifts that I had. <laughs> like, we did the Thanksgiving memories, and mine were pretty dumb. So uh, I can follow it up with some pretty dumb Christmas ones. So that's uh, okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, Mike. We have got two birthday suits left. We got an act. Well, we got two actors. We've got two actors. Uh, do you want the really old actor or the pretty old actor? Let's do it. The really old. Really okay. Okay. Uh, here's the 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 short clue. Born December thirteenth, nineteen twenty five, in West Plains, Missouri, and yes, he's still alive. Uh, known for Mary Poppins. That was his really big breakthrough. Mary Poppins. Mm. He was on the show Columbo. He was on the show The Carol Burnett Show. And he was the lead in Diagnosis Murder. He also had an extremely popular sitcom with his name in the 60s. Andy Griffin. No, I'm just no. joking. I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. I think you should be able to get this. Uh, I'll give you his initials. Okay. DVD. His last Dick Van Dyke. There it is. There you go. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll take it. Dick Van Dyke. That's a half. That is yeah, a half. I'll take, I'll take it. Oh, which, by the way, I forgot to let you know, listeners. Mike was currently at 81 uh, out of 145. So now he is at 81 and a half out of 146. There we mm. go. What's there the percent? We'll, we'll, we'll wait. We'll wait. We'll wait. Uh, you're over. I mean, you're well over fifty. I mean, that's that's All like right, that's uh, you're getting you're getting close to the sixtieth percentile. All right, cool. I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, 
But yeah, man, Dick Van Dyke, you know the thing with Dick Van Dyke? My God, he looks good for 98. I mean, just Google him, Mike. Just Google Dick Van Dyke, and you'll be like, that dude's 98? Holy crap. I mean, it's impressive. And then, like, I thought, you know, I thought, like, he was, like, a super healthy dude. And then I found out he had been, he'd been... Uh, you know, he had had problems drinking earlier in his life, and then he had smoked basically his whole life, and I'm like, that dude looks of that course. good? What? Like, Come on. This guy is not 98 years old. Yeah. Do you think it's the beard? He's got that big beard. It just hides his age. Well, he didn't have that for a really long time either. He just decided that like- so wild. After like 90, he just decided, you know what? I'm going to grow out a big beard. Why not? I'm, I'm past That's 90. his wife? Yeah, right? That dude, man. Half my age. He keeps me going. That <laughs> dude. I just, yeah, I am I am super impressed. 98, that guy looks fantastic for 98. Yeah, you know? he does. I think, wow. I, I, think it's, I think it's the happiness, you know? I think it's the happiness that does it. That dude's just happy. He just seems to be very, very happy. Shout out. Shout out to Dick shout Van Dyke. Out. Yeah, Inspira- shout out to Dick Van Dyke. Inspiration Goals. to us all, man. I'm going to Tur- start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> that's obvious. This, that's obviously the takeaway. Yes. <laughs> Happy birthday to Dick Drinking Van Dyke, man. I mean, my God. Looked, looked amazing. Anyways, anyways. Uh, last one, Mike. I think you can get this one pretty easy, too. Um Born on December 13th, 1957 in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, The best clue I can give you is that we referenced him being a guy trying to act like he was a middle schooler last week. Um, uh, His name's leaving my head. What do I do, Doctor? How do I get it back? It's it's something... Not Bonaducci. It's you're uh, you're close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on there. Um, Starts. With, you got the right. You got the right letter. Ah, uh, Doc G. I'm sorry. I'm gonna need a uh, initial. I don't want to waste time on the show. It's like left my brain. I don't know what's going on. S B. Steve Belushi. No. Steve, no. Steve. Uh, freaking Bashimi. There you go. Steve there it is. You you had you had it so quick last week. You threw it out I there know. so quick. God, so quick. What happened? It's all right. It's all right. Uh, I'll take it. For I, I probably could have I probably could have cued your brain if I would have like said Fargo. There's got to be a thing that you can do. Isn't there a thing you know? And it's like right there, and it's uh, and like you. you know, oh, there's like, all kinds of memory it. tricks. Yeah, there's all kinds of things. Yeah. But regardless, Steve Buscemi turning. Uh, let's see, what is he turning? 66, Mike. 66. 66. Nice. Yeah. He's a national treasure, Steve Buscemi. We'll yeah. never forget his uh, contribution to the 9-11, going in there as a firefighter and helping out I reservoir just, dogs, everything. I, uh, I'll never forget how you do, fellow kids. Like you said, the GIF is probably one of the best. Yeah, and, it is. Andy has one of the great moments in in Billy Madison back in the day when he played mm. the guy. I don't know if you remember that. He he, uh, Billy Madison's making everything right, and he calls up everybody like he was two in high school, and he like calls him up, and he's like, "Hey, 
Uh, I forget his name now. I can't remember the guy's name in Billy Madison. But he's like, he's like, is this the same guy that I went to school with? And he's like, he's like, yeah. And he's like, hey, I just wanted to say, I know it's been several years, but I'm really sorry. Like that wasn't cool of me, and that's that's a uh, that was I was really I'm just I'm just sorry. And he's like, all right, yeah, cool. And he puts down the the phone and he thinks about it a little bit, and then he picks picks up a list beside him, and at the top it has people to kill. And he takes <laughs> off Billy. He takes Billy Madison's name <laughs> off the list, and then he puts uh. mi- he puts lipstick on and lays back on his bed. It's uh, yeah, it's that's uh, oh, great. Fantastic, fantastic role. I haven't seen that movie in a long, long, long time. That's hilarious. Solid one, man. Oh, it's one of so those. Funny. I mean, some of those classics like that, you got to go back because, like, that's that's the wild thing about some of those classics. Like the things that you used to not laugh at are like some of the most hilarious things yeah. when you go back and laugh at them. Oh man! Anyways, shout out to Steve <laughs> Buscemi. Happy birthday! Turning sixty-six. Dick Van Dyke looking absolutely amazing. Mike, we've got the final show of the year next week. My goodness, wrapping up twenty twenty-three. 50 fantastic shows. I'm going to have my top 10 clips out of the show, Mike. We're going to talk those top top 10 clips. We're going to talk just fantastic. We're going to have our normal segments. We're going to have Rip from the Headlines. We're going to have Birthday Suit. And we're going to look into the future, Mike. Mm -hmm. Into the future. I can't wait. But until then, I have been your host. Doc G with me as always, the one, the only, Mikey Maximus, the Fernicus Charette. Always a pleasure, Doc G. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. And until next week, zip it up and zip it out. Zippity doodah.